Welcome to the Live Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Kleber, and we've got a bit of a solo episode today, but I just want to get my thoughts out with this and you might take some value from it because I haven't heard it discussed in the media. And it's all about two things um, today will be about Kanye West and what does my mum have in common? How about that for some clickbait? And the other one will be the federal government budget. Um, I've downloaded a document here and I'm going to go through that a bit and just wrap through my thoughts on that and just sort of try and make you aware of some of the things that are happening with it and um, yeah, just get my thoughts down and hopefully you can relate to it. If you do want to come on the podcast as well, offer's always there, livedexperiencepodcast.com. Hit the contact form and I'd love to hear your story. So let's get into today's episode. Now, thanks for tuning in and just to first of all, thank you. We just passed 3,000 downloads, which for this show might not sound like a lot, in general, but you know, to me, it means a lot. So, just getting past a thousand was a massive achievement. So, thanks everyone who subscribed and downloaded and and shared the episodes with people. I've, I had a look at where the listeners come from. And I thought it'd be all in Australia, but there's people in Germany, Philippines, America, and and things like that. So, um, really do appreciate you from where you're listening, and, and hopefully, some of this subject matter resonates resonates with you, which is why you're tuning in. And shoot me a note. You know, I'm just just shoot me a message on Instagram at Live Experience Podcast or via the website, and I would love to hear from you. Now. Kanye West, so I start with what does Kanye West and my mum have in common? Well, for those who don't know, Kanye West has bipolar disorder, has been diagnosed with that, and he's obviously the, the hottest, well, the, the main thing in the world at the moment is Kanye West for reasons I don't want to get into. I don't want to go into any politics or what he's been saying. It's just not my wheelhouse. But what I want to, when, when I hear him speak and, and when I, I see this mentioned all the time, and, um, you know, mental illness is not an excuse for somebody's behavior, but I can definitely understand it if he's got bipolar and he's, he's off his medication. And I listened to a, an interview with him uh, he did with a guy called Lex Friedman, which is the other day, which is a massive, massive podcast. And he, he said something to me which really reminded me of my mum, which was basically bragged about not taking medication for two years, right? So this is a guy who's got bipolar disorder. I'd say it's bipolar disorder one um, just from the way he's acting. Um, without me, I'm not psychologist or psychiatrist, but that's what I would say he's got. And he was talking to the guest bragging about he hasn't taken his medication for two years. And for me, you know, for with my mum, you know, adherence to medication for my mum was it was a huge problem. And I think it's a problem for some people with bipolar, I'm not going to say for all of them, but for some people with bipolar disorder, adhering to medication can be a big problem. And when they don't adhere to medication, they get unwell more often, more frequently, end up in, you know, a psychiatric ward a lot more than what they should, which is what happened to my mum. And when I heard him say that, I just thought, you know, wow, it's it's quite interesting how you've got this bipolar disorder at the moment. It, people aren't really talking about it too much. They're saying, oh, he's got mental health challenges and mental illness without specifically saying, well, bipolar disorder and, and really using it as a time to educate people on bipolar disorder because he's probably the most famous person in the world at the moment who has bipolar disorder. But how many times have you heard really bipolar disorder mentioning, oh, hey, this is what bipolar disorder actually is and use it as an education piece, which for me, I'm selfishly hoping that would be the case. And another case story which I'm going to talk about a bit, which would be the, the young carers aspect or the, the children aspect of it as well. But, yeah, adherence to medication is a huge problem. Um, my mum, even though she wanted to stay well all the time, uh, this is this personal story. It happened all the time. You know, she would say, look, I'm better now. Joel, I don't have to take my medication again. I'm never going to get sick again. That's the last time I've been in the psychiatric ward, never happening again. Then what would happen? She'd get unwell very quick or quicker than normal, end up in the psychiatric ward, having to come back out, take her meds, feels good. I'm I'm cured now. I'm better now. Stops taking them, psychiatric ward again, right? And as a kid, that was very annoying because you lose a lot of trust when your parent says to you, well, I promise you I'm never going to go back in again. And what do they do? The thing that could keep them all, keep them out longer, they deliberately don't do because they think they know better or that they're 
they're better. And look, I was very angry with that for a long time as a kid. Um, I got really, really frustrated with it, really, really frustrated with it. And um, I got to a point where, you know, I got really, really angry with it a lot, you know, when she didn't take her medications or she said things to that to me. It caused me a lot of anger and really a lot of distrust because for me, you're sick or you've got a condition and this is going to help you hopefully maintain your condition. Look, bipolar medications and a lifelong experimentation thing, changing this, changing that. Um, but if it can help you stay out longer to look after your kids, or to be there for your family, that's what you do. So when I heard Kanye West say that, I just thought to me instantly I go back to that feeling, well, how selfish can you be when you, you're doing that um, to your children or to your family? How selfish can you be to do that? Um, and this is the thing, right? So, you know, bipolar disorder at the moment, in my opinion, with Kanye West is on full display. I don't know if he's manic or high or not or whatever. Like I'm not a psychiatrist, but the way he speaks to me would indicate that in some way. Um, and yet, you know, it's it's something where the media, I'm really disappointed, hasn't really focused on the bipolar disorder because, as I said, I think it's a really good time now to educate people so they can learn about the disorder. And you've got the most probably famous person in the world at the moment for all the wrong reasons most likely probably um, who has this condition and we're not even considering it. Like, look, I'm not saying the mental illness can, should, can excuse everything he's been saying and doing. It shouldn't, but it's definitely a reason for it. Seriously, it's definitely a reason for it. Um, and to say it isn't, it's just, it's just naive, right? But anyone who's got a parent or had a parent with bipolar disorder, I presume when you're hearing these things, it, it gets you really angry and emotional because, um, you know, that's the same thing we went through with our parents. Now, our parents aren't worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but we went through this at a lower level. And as I said, it was very frustrating uh, to hear that from your parents saying, I'm better now, I don't need to take my medication. But as you get older, you realize that it's not a deliberate thing. This is just what comes with the illness. This is the illness speaking a lot of the time. And also the, the, there could be a shame and a stigma with the person who's got the disorder because they're taking medication every day. They don't, they just, it might not feel good for them to do it, right? So they don't take it. And um, there's multiple reasons for it. But it got to a stage with me and my mum at, at a level and it was good in the end where the community care, they actually ended up for a while, I don't know how they paid for it, but it got paid that they had a nurse from the local um, inpatient psychiatric ward would come around every morning, give her a tablet to make sure she took them. And that was fantastic. That really kept her on track. It gave her a reason to get up in the morning, get her tablets and do it, and she stayed on the track and narrow. For whatever reason due to funding, they stopped it, and as soon as they stopped it, she went off them again, and then she went back into a psychiatric ward. And I thought it was a really good initiative they had to do that but they didn't have the resources to do it. And this is where it comes back to you from the Bill Campus episode last week about the um, community care, right? We're all about, you know, hospital and, and psychiatric ward and emergency services and crisis line, whatever, but we're not about that in-person support and community care where we can actually help that person uh, with things like, you know, having medication delivered to the door every day and making sure they take it. You know, that that's that's something that, is as a small thing, but it was really, really important. And then going back to the Kanye West thing about, you know, having a parent with a mental illness. I'd look, I don't know these kids, I'm not going to get into this celebrity gossip thing, but you've got now a bunch of kids who've got a parent who's who's obviously um I, I would say not well, um, out and about embarrassing them in public. Now, you know, all of our parents embarrass us embarrass us in some way, but when someone's got a mental illness, that embarrassment when they're manic especially can be really, really embarrassing. You know, these are things like, you know, I'm just thinking back to my mum, like, you know, driving around to people's house, banging on the door or, you know, coming into school one day and demanding a meeting with the principal because he's done something wrong and yelling at him and all that sort of stuff, right? So 
now we've got at a higher level where you've got these kids' parents going on to all these podcasts and things and saying a bunch of outrageous stuff and I haven't heard one bit of consideration yet for for the kids. Now this might be because their parents are worth hundreds of millions of dollars but that shouldn't matter. You've got a, um, a parent with a serious mental illness out in the public discourse. Um, I would say I'm not speaking for them but embarrassing the hell out of his kids because he's not responsible or not being responsible um, for his own mental well-being. Um, due to a number of factors, and I think you know, look, as a as a kid with with a parent of a serious mental illness, as if you're listening, you know, I'm probably presume if you made it to here, you've you've can relate to that. Um, it's extremely bloody frustrating, and I'd love to see the coverage of it start going into that angle about, well, his behaviour is affecting the kids in this way, like a feel for the kids, and also start going, you know, look, let's try and decrease the stigma around bipolar in some way with some educational pieces, but I don't think that matters at the moment. Um, that's just It's just being covered the way it is and it's not an excuse for things that are being said. Absolutely not, but I can understand why they're being said because how do you know when the illness is talking and how do you know when the person is talking? This is something I struggled with all my life, you know, and I didn't, I didn't really come to terms with it until, um, you know, pretty much towards nearly the end of my mum's life. You know, I just always treated the person and the illness is the same and I know that's not the way to do it. You've got to really separate the illness from the person and that's what I'll be saying at the moment to anyone who's list or is a fan of following the whole Kanye West saga is that I would say, you know, quite frankly, I think the illness is speaking at the time and you've got to separate that from the person and I don't think that's happening and I don't think the, the media is really doing that. Um, I've never heard that really said much at all at the moment, but I think that's really important to sort of separate the illness from the person. Look, doesn't excuse things that are being said or done, but when someone's high or manic, I don't know if he is, but if someone's high or manic, there is a lot of, um, I'll use the word crazy, well, crazy things that can happen. And I put a smile on my face because I know when mum was high, there were some really good times, you know, but they weren't normal and, and that's what happened. But um, there's just a few thoughts on that and what to consider. And I really do hope that, um, these little kids, you know, get educated about bipolar disorder and and um and how it affects their father, and um can hopefully learn about it, and, and um hopefully it doesn't affect him too much because I think it's um highly embarrassing for them at the moment and for the family, and I really do feel for for them because I've been through that at a obviously not a celebrity level, but as a lot lower level, and I think a lot of people that had a parent with a mental illness can relate to what's going on. And it's it's adherence to medication is a really big problem um, for a lot of people in general, but not only people with bipolar disorder. Um, it, it, and this is from knowing a couple of other people who have, who have had the who have the condition. Uh, but adherence to medication has been an issue, and also the narcissism just to ignore what the kids are saying. I think that's been a big problem. So enough of that. Now I want to switch on to the budget. So the budget was announced um, last night. Now, regards to your political affiliation, for me, I, I just care about you know what money's been allocated to to mental health and, and what is the federal government doing towards it. And it's good to see in the um, I think it's the budget twenty two twenty three documents called prioritizing mental health and suicide prevention workforce and governance pillar five. And it was good to see that they're going to fund a lot more stuff with uh, lived experience peer workers, which I think is really cool. So they're going to fund. Obviously, this podcast is called the lived experience. I share my lived experience on here as I hope you that you do as well because I think it's really important because psychiatrists and psychologists, I don't think, take that into consideration enough and regarding how they treat the person. And I'm just speaking from experience. As I said, if you listen to this podcast, you know that the clinicians that treated my mum, they're not all bad. Obviously, we heard from Bill Campus, they're not all bad last interview, 
never took into account um, the people actually living with the person, what they thought or what they were doing. But look, there's there's obviously a large amount of money that's allocated. I just hope that the money doesn't get washed away in bureaucracy and red tape and people have got their hands out and seen this as an opportunity to make money for an organisation. Um, I really hope that's not the case. Um, but I, it was interesting to see something here, 409 grand for stigma reduction and career promotion activities to encourage students to choose a career in mental health, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and there's, you know, you can go through the document. It's if you just Google it, it will come up. Um, but I thought this was good. Twenty twenty eight point six million to sustain growth into the psychiatry workforce and build an existing investment. So, yeah, there's a big problem with rural and remote psychiatrists and psychiatry. So hopefully they can get more people to go into that and to do roles in that. I think it's a big, big thing. And the thing where you've got to understand with funding to mental health is like. It's there's a report by uh, things bipolar Australia in regards to the cost that bipolar sort of costed the economy or cost the economy um, each year and in one year period they estimated it cost the economy like seven billion dollars right so that's an investment thing investing into actually giving support to people with serious mental health conditions like bipolar schizophrenia let's say kids who who are young carers and grow up in these situations it can save you as a nation long term. But the governments don't think long term. They always think, you know, three to four years. But in the long term, it can save you seriously billions and billions of dollars. And it is the right thing to do. It is a great spend of the money. Now, you know, there's a lot of cynicism I sort of start to feel now. It will start to shift eventually. I don't know who will do it, but you know, there seems to be a large amount of money just going left, right, and center to big organizations. And as you heard from Bill Campus last week, these little organizations who do the community in person stuff that sort of that step between you know getting really big between being really sick and well those people in the middle um they're sort of not getting i think what is needed but saying that you know any amount of investment in the mental health by state or federal government into mental illness is particularly important i just hope that these commissions and all these boards like if you go on linkedin for example i spend a lot of time on linkedin with my job posting stuff all the time i see all these commissions and boards and governance boards and there's people left right wazoo and they're probably on a large amount of money right i just don't want to suck away in administration and i want to see actual more services and more organizations at a little level at a smaller level who provide real in-person support in the community and also the support to the young people. Now, I'm not talking about kids who've got mental health challenges, right? For me, I can't speak about that because it wasn't probably an issue. It wasn't a known issue when I was growing up. As I said, this podcast is more about I really want to get a focus on young carers and the family unit who support these people. As I said, there are little organizations, not little, but smaller organizations like Satellite Foundation, Little Dreamers, who actually help these young carers and give them a bit of respite and um, leadership and guidance. And it's so bloody important. I just want that schools know more about these places and that you in general as the public know more about these places so that we can start getting away from having more crisis lines opened up. You know, We need to have that more in-person support in the home and around the family unit. Where there be like, you know, if you've got bipolar disorder, having a nurse if possible rock up every day or someone to give you medication was really, really important. And that kept my my mum out of hospital um, a lot of times, I think. I kept her a lot well, kept her more, well more often, right? And to us, that means basically this. It means that, all right, you've got a, a, a parent looking after two kids, sending them to school, and emotionally they're in a good place and they're not a drain of the economy really. Um, obviously, she was on a pension and stuff like that. But just as a, as a thing for the economy, it's better to have that with, as opposed to her getting unwell and taking up emergency resources and, in a psychiatric ward and stuff like that. So for me, look, I'm not I'm not one to read into the the budget like line for line and sit there and go this and this and this and this. But 
Um, look, it's just good to see a large amount of investment. I think they're building upon the large the uh, the the plan for the stage two plan. I think or whatever it was that was done last time by the other government. So they've invested billions of dollars, but we need to really start seeing a um, decrease in the suicide rate. Now, the suicide rate thing for me is is an interesting one. If you have listened or followed me online, you will sort of get what I'm talking about here. But basically, look, we get a lot of people posting about, you know, let's say the number of suicides, right? So you just see a blanket number all the time saying this many people die from suicide a year, right? Blanket number. And people go, that's that's too bad. And everyone associates that with general depression. And for me, that's not a problem, but that that's where the awareness starts needs to start shifting, right? So we've got a large amount of people who commit who unfortunately choose to end their life each year. But then we need to start breaking it down. Well, all right, well, what percentage of people had this issue, this issue, this issue, right? So a thousand people had bipolar disorder, 300 had schizophrenia, this person had whatever, right? So we need to start breaking it down into actual different mental illnesses or whatever the cause was, if it can be identified, even if maybe they weren't diagnosed with bipolar, whatever it is, so that we can start really providing more tangible and targeted support to those mental health conditions. Because what I think at the moment, when people see that stat, they want to do a good thing and they go, we're going to raise money for Beyond Blue or we're going to raise money for Are You Okay Day, whatever. Without actually looking at the stats too much, you will know that, you know, for example, bipolar people are 17 times more likely to commit suicide than the general population. So, we're 17, so they're more likely to end their life 17 more times than the general population. Why aren't we really focusing on, on that illness, right? I'm not saying it's more important than general depression and anxiety, but for me, logically, I'm just looking at it going, right, well, that needs a lot more attention and care. Let's start shifting some of this more money into that in particular and let's see if it makes some sort of impact, right? So getting beyond the numbers, actually breaking down the numbers, all right, well, what are people who are ending their life? What's their actual specific conditions? Is it, you know, did this person have undiagnosed bipolar or schizophrenia? Did they have schizophrenia? Did they have bipolar? Did they have this, whatever, right? So as I said, we can start putting um, more support targeted into those places so i went up there guys before i bore you too long but if you have made it to the end really appreciate it and please consider leaving a review on itunes or on spotify i really appreciate it you can also submit yourself as a guest via the lived experience podcast.com i do have an interview i haven't edited yet but it's going to come up soon i'm also got a really exciting guest i think going to come on shortly as well so i'm looking forward to that sharing that soon and make sure you stay tuned to the podcast if you do think this can help someone as well please share it with them until i speak with you next time i hope you have a great week